better you know yourself, I think the easier it is to kind of manage yourself and your expectations and answer questions through the entirety of the interview process. That can never be understated. Just understand, hey, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the things you struggle with? And just have real honest conversations with yourself about those things and just being very, very comfortable with those things. Welcome to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. As leaders, you have the ability to design and lead culture intentionally. Hear from culture leaders who are moving from a values list to values lived. Hey leaders, welcome back to the Build Your Culture Brand podcast. I have with me today owner-operator Israel Allman, and great to have you on the show, Israel. Jay, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So um, excited to have our, lead, our listeners get to know you a little bit better and we'll dive into your your story here in just a little bit. I know when we talked earlier, just some of the the background things you know from you. You started with Chick Fil A in December uh, two thousand nine, and it was just kind of a part time college job. But over time, really fell in love with the brand and began pursuing this opportunity. You were working with Bob Kyle in Winter Springs, Florida, and would like we're going to hear a little bit more about him later. And then you also went through the leadership development program with Chick-fil-A, the two-year training that kind of sent you around the country. So kind of picks up, you know, after the end of that, we'll we'll want to get into your selection for operator, but um, what an exciting journey. I want people to get to know you and your your leadership a little bit better. And one way I do that is ask this kind of superpower kryptonite question. So what would be your leadership superpower? And then on the flip side, what would be kind of that kryptonite that works against you? So I'm a huge fan of strength finders and I've did strength finders about a decade ago and got my top five strengths. And I even paid a little more and found out like what, Hey, my top 10 were, and just kind of understanding more about myself. What's been really interesting is realizing that those things have still really rung true for the past 10 years and they haven't really changed. My strengths really lean more into being strategic and analytical and being able to take my time with decisions, take in, I would say a decent amount of information and data, not really getting overwhelmed with it and make good decisions. I think in either relationships and um, coaching conversations and business decisions. Um, I feel like I, that's been a skill that's served me really well over time. My kryptonite is leans into kind of that same thing of just like, I like to take in information. I like the data. I like to know what's going on. And so um, I don't necessarily enjoy having to make quick snappy decisions if I've never made them before. Um, don't enjoy that a lot. So I'm a slow decision maker. And I think that that kind of has been the thorn in my side for maybe missing on opportunities or not making a decision quick enough, um, <clears throat> which can look sometimes, I think, on the surface like procrastination. But it's, I would look at it as like, hey, I'm just doing, still doing research. I'm still trying to understand more. Um, it's not that I don't want to make a decision. It's just that I haven't made one yet because I don't feel ready. And so those are when I have to kind of stop myself and go, hey, Israel, like, you don't have all the data. You're not going to have all the data. And it's time to probably just make a decision the best you can and, you know, live and learn through the consequences of whatever that is, positive or negative. Thanks for sharing that. And, and I'm kind of laughing on the inside a little bit, Israel, and you'll understand this because I know you and Ray are so different in that aspect because he's like, he's, he's doing it yesterday, you know, and he's moving so fast. And so for, for y'all to be working together, I think that that's probably really helpful for y'all to have each other right now while you're in this season together 
to really uh, challenge each other to maybe Ray, you know, you bring in that analytical and he's in the, you know, early adopter, let's move ahead, let's move fast. So I, I love that, that partnership that you have right now. Well, Israel, kind of to help people understand where you are right now, you're with Ray Cowan there in Ramsey, New Jersey at his Chick-fil-A working as the general manager. You've actually already though been selected in June of 22. This is, we're in 23 right now. A year ago, you were selected to be an owner operator. However, it looks like you won't be in your location until probably next spring. And so just kind of an interesting tidbit for people to realize that sometimes selection ringing the bell doesn't mean you're like getting the keys very fast. So has that been pretty challenging for you right now in, in this season, just kind of waiting for, for that moment? I don't ever want to undermine that waiting is hard. Um, and I've known some people that have waited a very, very long time to finally just, you know, get into their restaurant and get to work and start building their organization. One thing that I, you know, I would feel like God's put in front of me a lot is when I was interviewing to be selected, um, I was praying and begging for this opportunity and I was praying for it and praying for it and praying for it. And then I got it. And now, um, I have to wait. And so I think that where I get to kind of challenge myself as a leader going through this development process, even though it may not seem like a development process, is this is what you asked for. This is what you begged for. And now you have it. Do you really have grounds to be frustrated? Um, wow. Do you really have grounds to be upset? And there are people that I know that have wanted to be operators and, hey, they never got there. Um, <clears throat> so... And I, it's for all intents and purposes, I have, and I try to focus on having an attitude of gratitude for what I have and the opportunity I was given, not being frustrated by the fact that, oh man, like it wasn't exactly how I thought it was supposed to be. Like, um, no, it wasn't. And that's okay. Um, so this is just sometimes what happens and like, you can do your best and you can be diligent and you can stay in contact with your contacts at Chick-fil-A and be as helpful as you can be. But at the end of the day, Sometimes this is just what happens and that's okay. What a great mindset. Thanks for sharing that. I hope that's an encouragement to someone out there that's kind of in an in-between moment and they're waiting for that next step. So good encouragement, good mindset from you. So Israel, I'm, I'm curious, I, you know, in talking together as we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years, I love, I love your leadership style. I love some of the, your story and your journey. Let me ask this question. What is a failure that ended up propelling you forward. And when I say failure, I'm talking about a perceived failure in your past that, that really launched you forward. How would you answer that question? Thanks for asking that question, Jay, because I actually love it when I get a chance to answer this question for um, talking to other leaders, especially if I've ever talking to a young leader, because um, you know, I know that making mistakes is a big part of leadership and it's a big part of your journey. And it's hard sometimes like when you're in the weeds to look at a failure and go, oh, like, this is meant to teach me something. This is meant to lead somewhere. And so when I get that question, I usually think of like three significant moments that happened to me over the past um, five, six years um, okay. that have really propelled me forward. That were major failures that were my fault, my responsibility. Um, the first was my senior year of college. Um, I actually flunked out of college. And as much as like, that was a really tough thing to deal with then, it's a story I love to tell because um, I remember I got a letter, I was at UCF, got a letter from my <clears throat> college that said, hey, your 
GPA is too low. We don't want you to come back. You're done. Like this is over. And, um, my mom sat down with me and she was just like, so what are you going to do about it? Cause you said you were going to go to college. So what are you going to do? Um, and that was a huge moment of my life. That's actually where within those few months of flunking out of college, I decided that I want to be an operator. Oddly enough, that's like at the lowest point I was at that point in my life. I was like, oh, I'm going to chase something that's exceptionally harder um, than what I'm doing right now, which was just college. Um, and that led me down that road of wanting to go to UC, go back to UCF eventually and graduate with a degree in hospitality management. Um, and it led me to wanting to apply for LDP and wanting to do something that I knew people in the program and I looked up to them and they were great leaders. And I was like, oh, I want to be like them. And similar to being in my senior year in college, I was at my final interview for LDP. I was in Atlanta and they interviewed six people for LDP that day. And five people got into the program and one person did not. And that was me. And uh, <laughs> uh, it was another one of those times where it was just like, you know, when I flunked out of college, it was kind of easy to look back and reflect, oh, that was a lack of discipline, a lack of not applying myself. I'm talented. I can do it. Um, when I got told no for LDP at my final interview, I think I was probably the best performance Israel had ever given. And it was a reflection time of like, hey, there's a point in life where you're just not good enough. And that was a different reflection point of like, that was where I learned like, okay, at some point you have to stop and realize that maybe you're not good enough and you have to go do something extreme to get better. Um, and so I did, I worked really hard over the next year, um, and dealt with a lot of discouragement, a lot. Um, I, there was points where I wasn't sure that I wanted to apply again, cause it was just such a discouraging season. Um, but with good people around me, like my wife and family, I worked up the courage to go at it one more time and interviewed my way through and got in, in August, 2019, to LDP, just to really get my teeth kicked in again, like as soon as I got in and had an assignment, like two, three assignments in, um, opening the first freestander in the greater Detroit area. And it was just not a good showing. I just wasn't ready and I didn't have the systems or the leadership capacity to deal with the store, the volume I was at, um, got some very harsh, harsh feedback from my leadership in LDP, just saying, and maybe not a direct way, but more of an indirect way. I felt like they were saying, you don't belong here. Um, and that's what it felt like. That was a moment where I got to look back and I got to look at flunking out of college. I got to look at getting told no for LDP and just trying, just, you know, being grateful for the opportunity to be there and realize that something that my mom told me of like, my mom told me when I was a kid, like Israel, you can be whatever you want. Don't be a quitter. Um, that's when I realized Israel wasn't a quitter. And I said, Hey, if I'm going to struggle and be in this program, then I'm going to struggle to the end. And I'm not going to give up halfway through. And I did. And I was able to turn my candidacy and LDP around and turn my time around and eventually obviously get selected as an operator. But it felt like the can like there was more than a Grand Canyon between me and being an operator at that time. And I was supposed to be ready to pick up an application in nine months. And somehow by God's grace, I did. What an incredible story. Thanks for sharing that. What, thanks for the transparency and just opening up about that. I would imagine there, there are probably people listening to this right now that have had failures and, and maybe they're thinking, Oh, that's it for me. I'm done. I'm, I'm out. And so 
I love the fact that, you know, it's like, I'm not a quitter. I don't give up. I'm the guy that stick, sticks in here and makes it to the end. And if that's the kind of person you want, then that that's who I am. So great for you. Another thing, though, I heard in your story, and just kind of want to pull this out. You you alluded to it. You said, I, I flunked out of college, so I picked something much harder to aim for. And that's to become a Chick-fil-A operator. And I think there's a lesson in there. What a great lesson of it wasn't to drop the challenge. It was actually to, to increase the challenge. I, I think that's something I hope listeners take and just say, you know, maybe it's time to, to up the challenge so that I, I'm not, I'm not aiming for this shorter thing. I'm aiming for something much bigger. What, what do you think about that? Is that, is that really what was going on? I don't think that I was conscious um, or had enough, like maybe a personal emotional intelligence to know that was going on um, or that I was signing myself up for something way, way more difficult. I think what I did know was that I didn't have a goal or objective for why I was in college, which is why I didn't really try to be there. Um, and then my operator, Bob, just who's been a consistent leader in my life and um, I look at Bob kind of like maybe like an uncle or just like a family member that's a great mentor as well. And he just always inspired me to just, I mean, his story is incredible in and of itself. It was just how hard it was for him to get to his goals. And he faced a lot of no's. And so his story was really that inspiration point of like, hey, if you want this, um, well, you need to go get a, you need to go get a degree. Because that's like, he's like, I don't know really any operators without degrees. He's like, can you do it? Sure. But I don't really know any. So you should just go ahead and go do it. Um, and that was just like a stepping stone. And I realized like there's a small stepping stone but <laughs> to get to the next spot. So that was more of my thought process on it at the time I was like, okay, well, you want to do this. You need a degree. Amazing. Great story. And in fact, you used that story in your in your final interview with in one of your final interviews as you were selected as a owner operator and you knew that they were going to see that that track record. How did you use that as part of your story as you were interviewing for this last big accomplishment? What I wanted to convey was who I was and kind of every story that I told and I am not someone who tends to get things right on the first try. I would love to be that person, but from what I've experienced in some just major moments, like flunking out of college, getting told no to LDP the first try, it's just like, hey, you get hit with some setbacks and that's just the reality of who I am. Like it takes me a little bit more time, takes me a little bit more momentum. And so I wanted to communicate in transparency and like full honesty, it's like, Hey, this is who I am. These are the things I've gone through, but here's what I can tell you on the positive side of this is like, I've never given up and I've never stopped trying. So what I can promise you is not that like, I'll be this picturesque operator who has, um, 14 years of Chick-fil-A experience to just be all put together, but someone who has done their best to make the best decisions that they can. And someone who won't give up if you face me with some adversity. Um, so that's what I hope to promise them. And that's what I feel like they heard in those interviews. Sounds like they did. And you got the yes and you got to ring the bell and we look forward to celebrating where that location is going to be and all the, the story around that. So excited for your future. Now, uh, you've just been through the this selection process with Chick-fil-A. You know, you, you, you went through LDP, kind of got finished with that, got to the end of LDP, started working with Ray and 
And also in the process where you were interviewing for different locations with Chick-fil-A, what if, if, if someone were listening to this show and they're beginning that process, uh, what, what nuggets of wisdom might you share with them about how to get through that process of, I mean, it's like, I would say more than 19 interviews, you know, it's a big thing. It's, it's harder to get into, somebody said it's harder to get into the CFA than the CIA. You know, it's just, it's a, it, there's a small group of people that make it through. What nuggets of wisdom might you share with them? I think whether you're an external or internal candidate, someone wanting to grow within Chick-fil-A or you're on the outside of Chick-fil-A looking in and trying to get into their franchising pipeline, you need to have an operator in your corner that believes in you, understands you for who you are and wants to be an advocate for you um, and a mentor for you personally. I think that those things are always just going to be really, really important. The operator experience is something that's so unique that you need an operator to speak into you about those things. Um, so regardless of where you are, that is a, a very, very vital necessity. Um, this probably is something most people have heard a lot, but I just something that you have to emphasize over and over again is you need to know yourself really, really well. Um, the better you know yourself, I think the easier it is to kind of manage yourself and your expectations and answer questions through the entirety of the interview process. Um, and so there, that can never be understated. Um, you need to just understand, hey, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the things you struggle with? And just have real honest conversations with yourself about those things and just being very, very comfortable with those things, um, I think is really important. And then again, it just can't be understated, but gets said a lot is just the, the grit to endure through a very, very long process with little to no feedback at all. <laughs> um, and it's just one of those things. And that's where I think knowing yourself is just really, really important because you should be able to get to the end of every touch point, conversation, interview, and just kind of be able to go, yeah, I know I did these things well, and I know I could do these things better, or you don't, because no one's going to tell you. Um, and so um, that I think is just really something you have to be very, very okay with. And it just takes a bit of, um, bit of guts or a bit of courage within yourself to kind of manage those expectations for a few years at a time. Because the Chick-fil-A culture that you're more familiar with, you know, be before you went through this process is a very feedback oriented culture. And then you get into this, this process of a candidate interview, candidate process, and all of a sudden feedback shuts down. And so you've got to operate in a very different way. So I appreciate you pointing that out. Israel, what do you feel like are some of the key things Chick-fil-A is looking for when they're interviewing and looking for a candidate for a new, for, for a location. One thing people talk a lot about, and that's still true. I don't know that I always use these words to describe it is Chick-fil-A talks a lot about this idea of the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, but sometimes within Chick-fil-A, when you grow up in the Chick-fil-A world, it's kind of hard to understand like, what is that, what that is and what that looks like for you. Um, and what I really feel like when I hear that is someone who is willing to accept and take risks. That's what I feel like I hear a lot when I hear entrepreneurial spirit is like, hey, how risk adverse are you versus not? And are you willing to take you know, risks? And maybe not always like you may not have a business to take the exact risk with, but you have your decisions that you make in your own life to take risks with. Um, 
an example of that would be for me is uh, my wife and I decided we wanted to be in the Northeast. We are Florida residents, born and raised. We grew up in Orlando for our entirety of our lives. And we believed that we could make it here as a business owner, as a couple, and as a family with no promises from Chick-fil-A, nothing whatsoever. We uprooted our entire lives, everything, and moved all the way up here to work for Ray and learned it and figured it out um, and developed relationships and found community and found out how to understand the Northeast customer and the Northeast employee. And that's what we did. And no, I couldn't necessarily say I made a multi-million dollar like business risk, but I can say I made a life-changing risk for my family. And so I, when I look at things like that, it's like, hey, you have ways you can take risks to further yourself and develop yourself. That's what I look at with the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, that, that's a big one. That's one that I just hear get talked about a lot. And I think people just kind of miss the mark sometimes on that of like, hey, it's not about playing with your operator's money. It's about how are you taking risks for yourself? Great answer. Thank you. That's, that's really good. So a lot of people do miss and misunderstand the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, in, in fact, a lot of people they're interviewing that are like they were a manager yesterday, they're a director yesterday, and now they're trying to become an operator. And Chick-fil-A has a way of sniffing out, like, are you management minded or are you entrepreneurial minded? So it's good that you had that, that really that story behind you of, hey, we're, we can take risks and risks are not a problem for us. Well, Israel, you, I'm so excited for your next step in, in, Looking forward to that moment when you are handed the keys to your location. Um, what are some things you're going to take with you from Bob Kyle and Ray Cowan and other leaders around you? What, what do you want to take into your next adventure that will help you be successful there? I'll look at it probably from like, what would I take from Bob Kyle? And then what would I take from Ray? Really the two operators I've spent significant time with over my career um, one thing I think business wise and leadership structure wise, Bob did really well is he never, ever fit someone into a role. He developed roles to fit people. Um, and I was always a huge fan of that. That made our leadership org chart a little big. And I think to some people, they might look at it and go, Hey, it's a little messy. Um, but at the same time, you have these leaders that some of them are great people leaders and they're meant to lead mass amount of people. Um, other of them are super dependable task oriented leaders that, Hey, you can trust them. You can trust them with your whole heart, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily good at dealing with conflict or having, you know, really, really good accountability or coaching conversations, but they're really good at just managing tasks and leading themselves. And so he created roles around those two types of people. And he never tried to force someone to say, Oh, well, you know, to grow in this business and to do more, you have to be able to be a front of house shift leader. It's like, no, you don't. There's other things that you can do to gain more responsibility, earn more income. And so that's something I'll be doing in my restaurant. And I have an org chart that exists right now, but I anticipate it'll change as I meet people that I'm like, I want to invest in this person, but this person may not be people leader material. Okay. Maybe they are just really trustworthy and I can find a role for them that they would love and excel in. Um, from Ray, um, working with Ray was unique because Bob was a super tenured operator. He had been around for a long time. He obviously had seen and done so many things already that nothing was new under the sun for Bob. At least it didn't feel that way when you were working for him. 
Um, I don't know that it was even like that for Ray because Ray's been in Chick-fil-A for a long time, but he was just a younger operator and had been an operator for just a couple of years when I started to work for him. And just to see someone that was so, so tenacious about everything. Um, and I, I admire that about Ray a lot and he can have some pretty high expectations and they can seem pretty daunting. Um, but he sets that standard and he sets that bar and then he's like, okay, well, it's time to go get it. And realizing that there are leaders that you can find that will thrive under that type of pressure and really rise to those standards has been a lot of fun. Um, not really speaking of myself, but the people that I've watched come up around me over time, because there've been leaders that have been there since he opened the store. Um, and that I think is a testament to Ray's leadership and just him ability to create this new and evolving standard from like, Hey, let's just, let's just open and close properly to, Hey, let's go for champions uh, club in 21 to now we're chasing guardians and we're two food safety scores in that are really good. Let's chase higher profitability and let's chase a better guest experience. And, um, you know, I'm just watching him roll with different aspects of a changing market and changing economy and changing people um, has been fun. And I've learned a lot from him of just setting high standards and going after him. Those are great lessons. What, what great mentors and examples do you have to reflect on? Cause now when you get into it and you get in those moments, you'll have some images to look back to and, and think, okay, is it time to phone in Ray or is it time to phone in Bob or am I going to do it a third way myself? So good for you to have that. Well, Israel, what a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time and sharing your story and being so transparent about challenges, but also um, talking about how you're developing leaders around you. And even we're so excited about your next opportunity. I cannot wait uh, to, to see you with keys in your hand and a team built around you. So Looking forward to that day. So thank you for being a part of the show today. Awesome. Thank you, Jay. And thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, comment, and share. You can also visit our website at buildyourculturebrand.com. See you next time. We would like to note that Leaders Q serves individual owner-operators and their teams and is not affiliated, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with Chick-fil-A Incorporated. 